Good morning, welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song? seated. Good morning to each and every one of you as we gather in God's house, and we're going to witness the grace of God in a very beautiful way. 
and our eyes may not see it and may not understand it, but the grace of God is going to be given to Dexton, and you're going to become a child of God. And he's going like, don't go touching me, right? But you should see him bopping back there to the song. Uh, he was feeling it. Uh, before we get into the actual baptism, I always like to back up a little bit and talk about the why. Why baptism? The Bible gives us really a lot of um, important truths, uh, but a couple of those I want to share with you. Number one, the, the one truth is the Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and that the wages of sin is death. I call that the, ba the bad news. That's really bad. But the good news is God did not want that to be the only word. So he decided to send his son to come to this earth to suffer and die and to rise again in order to pay for sins and to give us victory. And then in Matthew chapter 28, we see Jesus connecting for us what I call the, the, well, the marching orders of the church. What are we supposed to do and how does it bless people? Jesus said these words in Matthew 28, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you, and surely I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. And that last part, you know, in baptism, the grace of God comes, but also the promise. The promise that says, I will be with Daxton all the time. I will never leave him. I'll be by his side through every day, every week, every month, every year. That's the good news. And so we celebrate that good news today, uh, especially for Daxton, but for all of us. That's why I love it when we do baptisms in church, because you get to see this and maybe be reminded of God's grace for you. One of the traditions of the Christian church is to ask godparents to come alongside mom and dad, uh, spiritually speaking. And your role is to pray for Daxton, for, uh, to encourage mom and dad to make sure that Daxton stays close to uh, Jesus and to, to grow up knowing Jesus as a savior and a friend. Um, also to model the Christian faith, because he's going to watch. And they, they learn. So really important. And then the last thing, consider maybe this date to um, celebrate. Everyone's going to celebrate the birthday. Okay, that's going to be cool, but the baptismal birth date where God brought Daxton into his family, maybe think about making this day an extra special moment. So if you're willing to take on this very important spiritual responsibility, then answer, I will, with God's help. I will, with God's help. Thank you. God bless you for this ministry. As we continue, the baptism is going to be in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. A beautiful summary of the Trinity is found in in the Apostles' Creed. So let's have that up on the screens and let's share this together all out loud. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, on the third day, he rose again from the dead, ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, 
the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We're ready. Are you? Are you ready? Daxton, Joseph, Potter, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And may our Heavenly Father, who brought you into his family, keep you safe in his loving arms forever and ever. Amen. So this is the time where I attempt. And we'll just see. And take a look out over here. Look at, look at everybody. See that? These are your brothers and sisters. We're all connected because of Jesus' love. And so we're going to pray for you as he wants to make his way back to mom. Let's pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you again. You have done a miracle in Daxton's life, and we pray that you would bless him, that as he grows up, he does so physically and intellectually. Uh, pray that he grows up spiritually, that he would know you as Lord and Savior and friend. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right. Jesus said many things while he was on this earth, and one of the things he said is, I am the light of the world. And our prayer for Daxton is that he would know Jesus to be that light, and that light would shine brightly in his life. And so as we've been doing in the past, whenever we see something good that God does, let's stand and applaud the God who is so awesome. way. You may be seated. All right. A couple quick announcements. Um, I know we have some guests here today. We're glad you're with us in worship. We don't put you on the spot, but we do wholeheartedly welcome you and invite you to come back again. We'd like to get to know you. You could, uh, if you're on Facebook Live, put something in the comment section. If you're in the house, feel free to stop at Next Steps, or you could text one C guest to 94,000, and that'll get us connected. Um, if you're here today and you have some questions about how things kind of roll at 1C, there are some cards in the chair backs in front of you that will talk about prayer, if you'd like to submit a prayer today. If you'd like to take communion, you will find on that card what we believe as a church and how you could take communion if that is your belief. So. Feel free to take a look at that. Um, some other announcements, quickly. Uh, you know, if you've been paying attention to the news, Hurricane Ian has wreaked havoc in Florida. And here at 1C, we want to respond, yes, with our prayers. So please pray for those people who have been dramatically affected by the loss of life, loss of property, maybe job. I mean, who knows? There's so many things going on. So please, please pray. We're also going to be taking a door offering. And you'll see some boxes on the way out. And you can get it to us even during the week if you'd like. Uh, we'd like to uh, bless people in particular. Uh, a friend of mine is actually going to be uh, getting a semi-truck and driving down 11,000 pounds of food. Because a lot of people, it's hard to get food. So that's, he's going to be leaving Monday in faith. So whatever God puts on your heart, you know, please, please listen to God's prompting, and if you are so moved, please give. Also, next week, we're going to be having a blood drive, and that was actually scheduled in advance, but 
in light of what just happened, a lot of uh, blood surpluses are going down because of what's happening in Florida. So a lot is being shipped over there. So if that is something that you have done or would like to do, uh, please, uh, you know, October 9th, next Sunday, and there's a sign-up table out in um, the family gathering area. Also, we're having on Friday uh, what's called a Husker tailgate party, um, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be benefit Taste and See ministry. And uh, we have some um, little tickets that you'll get on the way out, just gives you some of the details. Five o'clock is the food, six o'clock is the game. We're going to have some fun. But every time you, you get something for food, you can give a donation, and all of the proceeds that come in will go to Taste and See so that we can go into our community and meet people, greet people, and give them a meal. So you are free on Friday. We'd love for you to come and party with us for a purpose. All right. Church Center app. Let's show the video, and I'll explain that more in a moment. This is Eric. Hi there. Eric's going to teach us about My Church Center. Wait, what's My Church Center? Don't worry about it. Eric just got a request to run sound at church next week. Then he needs to RSVP for his small group meeting. Plus, there's a men's breakfast coming up that he bookmarked. And don't forget the plumbing project that he signed up to lead. Wait, wait, wait. I don't know anything about plumbing. And it sounds like he's got some studying to do. With My Church Center, Eric can take care of all these things in one place. When Eric gets a request from services, he can see it and respond to it from right here. When his group has a meeting coming up, he'll be able to RSVP. My Church Center automatically pulls the things that Eric cares about onto his schedule so he can see anything that he's registered for or any calendar events that he's bookmarked. My Church Center lives in the Church Center app, along with all the other ways Eric connects with his church, like watching a sermon, making a donation, or checking in his kids. Hey, I know them. Now that Eric's connected to his church center, it's time for you to discover your church center. The bigger the church becomes, and I'll just say the busier our lives are, the harder it is to communicate. And as we have been looking, praying, studying, we believe that the church center app will help us communicate with you and you communicate with us. So this is a very big ask. Would you please consider signing up for the Church Center app? No strings to it. I mean, it, you, you just get and we'll be able to send you information. You can ask your questions. In fact, there's a card that's in front of you that kind of shows the different areas that are on our Church Center app that will give you some information. So it's very useful. And uh, we're going we're gonna to do something a little bit different. I am so serious about this. Um, what's going to happen is, I think on Tuesday, we're going to send out an invite to sign up. And um, for those of you that do sign up, there's going to be a drawing, and I'm going to take you out for either breakfast, lunch, or dinner. All right? I'm not sure where. Maybe, I don't know where. Maybe the mug. It's right here. Uh, but I just want to thank you for doing that. So that's a little incentive, a little game, a little bit. Uh, but please do this. We'd love to see more and more people get on here so we can communicate because it just gets uh, a little bit more difficult. Uh, last one is voters meeting immediately following the service. Uh, so I, we decided we're just going to lock the doors and keep you in here. No, we're not. But after the service, what we would like you to do is go out and sign up on the sheets that we have available and then come back in and we will get to the task at hand.
all right? Just one topic as we uh, seek the Lord's direction for daycare and preschool ministry here at 1C and in our community. That's it for announcements. God bless our time together. Boys and girls, it is time for the kids' message, so come on up. Make your way on up here. All right. Thank you, Blake. Yeah, come on up. Well, we are continuing this series on the chosen, and we're looking how, at how people are changed when they meet Jesus and how he changes them. So come on up. Uh-oh. My shoe came untied again. It keeps coming untied. I'm not very good at tying shoes. I don't know about you guys. Some of you wear slip-ons. I should have worn mine, shouldn't I? Eden, your shoes are tied really nice. Would you teach me how to tie shoes? You will? Great. Well, thanks for coming up. And You going to show me how to do this? Yeah? So you cross them. Then, then what do I do after I cross them? Loop it under and then back up. Now, then what? Pull it tight. Okay. Two bunny ears. That's not the way I do it. No wonder my shoes come untied. Two bunny ears. And then what do I do? Cross them again. Put put one bunny ear under. Uh oh. Right, let me try that again. I messed up. All right. Two bunny ears. And then cross the bunny ears, put this one under, and up, and then, oh, hey, it worked. Awesome. Thank you, Eden. I learned something new today. I think it's going to stay tied now. Thank you very much. You know what? You could have just told me what to do. But you knew I probably wouldn't get it if you just told me, right? So you came up and you showed me how to do it so I could learn from your action. I could follow along with your hands and learn how to tie my shoes. Thank you. You know what? That is a lot like being a disciple of Jesus. Did you know that? Because we're going to watch the video from The Chosen in a little while. And we're going to see that Jesus taught people with his words. But he also called his disciples to follow him so they could learn from his actions on what it was like to follow Jesus and be his disciple. So he taught with his words and his actions, and he called his disciples to come and follow him. And he said that he was going to make them fishers of men. Well, they were already fishermen who could catch fish, but Jesus said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. So he invited them to follow, to learn from him, and they were changed because they followed. And they did. They they dropped their nets. They stopped what they were doing, fishing for fish, and they followed Jesus and changed their life course to be fishers of men and disciples of Jesus. And you know what? Jesus calls us to do the same thing. He invites us, and he chose us to be his disciples. And we can learn from Jesus' words, but we can also learn from his actions so that we can follow him and be a disciple of his who makes disciples like Jesus. That's pretty cool, isn't it? that he calls us to be fishers of men too. So what do you say we pray to Jesus, our friend, as we follow him? All right, can you repeat after me? Dear Jesus, thank you for choosing us to be your friend and your disciple. Help us to learn from you so we can love people like you do. 
Amen. All right, boys and girls, thanks for coming up. Eden, thank you for teaching me how to tie my shoes. Great job. Every single lie that tells me I will never
as we continue now with the Lord's Supper, Holy Communion, let's take time to profess what we believe and what we know about our sinful condition, about our Savior, about this beautiful meal and our lives that we live for him. Let's use these words that are up on the screen. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in this sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in his body, the church, by regular group worship, study of God's word, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. And let me just say it so clear. Because of Jesus Christ, and only because of Jesus, your sins are forgiven. It's not about how hard you try to be good or how many times you come to church. It's only because of Jesus. So as you have confessed that sin, Jesus has taken that and washed you clean, and you are forgiven. Amen? Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And as we continue now with the distribution of communion during this next song, uh, if you have one of those individual communion sets, feel free to receive those elements believing Jesus is present and your sins are forgiven. And if you're coming forward for continuous communion and you have that same belief, uh, if you come forward and you desire to either have gluten-free or grape juice, please let the server know. May this moment be a very sacred moment where God comes to us and he gives to us himself. In the name of Jesus, amen. suffering and shame and I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain 
Change it someday for a crown. 
Yes, I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I'll lay down Oh, I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. And now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus strengthen you and empower you for life for mission, for ministry, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Gracious Father, help align our hearts with yours and to be focused on you. We offer up these prayers. Lord, I ask that you bless the marriage of my beautiful friend Hannah and her new husband Jared. May you inspire them to be kind in their words, considerate of each other's feelings, and concerned for each other's needs. Increase their faith in you and their love for each other every day for the rest of their lives. This is a prayer for the joy of the Lord and strength for a woman feeling weak, shaky, and vulnerable this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for stepping into the Taste and See mobile eatery and all of your provisions. We'd ask that your kingdom grow, Lord, through your efforts. And God, please bring people to Friday's fundraiser. Please pray for the well-being of my children and my girlfriend. Prayers for our family farm. Prayers for my cousin's surgery. Please watch over Leonardo on Tuesday. He's having surgery. Pray his anxiety is not too much and to help to keep him calm. Prayers of gratitude that Coco's cancer has not spread and continued strength for her as she continues to fight the cancer. Prayers for Jeff and continued healing. Prayers for a wonderful job that you brought into my life. Prayers for our children. 
may they find the wonder in your love. For my three brothers and their wives and children, for the Holy Spirit to be poured out on them to bring repentance, forgiveness, and deliverance from all troubles, divisions, and strongholds of the enemy and their own sins. Prayers for the hurricane victims and for those 76 people who lost their lives during the storm in Florida and North Carolina. Lord, sometimes we struggle with difficult situations. Let this Bible verse be an encouragement to us. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us eternal glory that far outweighs them all. From 2 Corinthians 4.17 We are so thankful for your word and for the hope that it brings. Lord, help us to live with the promise of eternity tucked into today's hard realities. Teach us how to let glory and troubles coexist because very rarely do we get one or the other on this side of eternity. Remind us that there is so much waiting to be discovered, revealed, learned, and rejoiced over in this life. And give us hearts determined not to let the troubles of this hour steal the joys of this day. We love you, Lord, and we need you. Amen. Please join me in praying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen, amen. We continue our series uh, entitled The Chosen. And I just want to back up again, just make sure we have this framework. The Bible, the Holy Scriptures, is the inspired, inerrant Word of God given by God to people like you and me so we can know who He is, how He loves, and the desires He has for His people. So when you look through from Genesis to Revelation, it is God speaking to us about those things. Now, in particular, when we focus in on the Gospels, which is in the New Testament, the first four books in the New Testament are known as the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we see the story of the God who became flesh and dwelt among us. Beautiful stories. Take a look at the Gospels. See what God is doing uh, not just 2,000 years ago, but even today. But one of the things about the Gospels that just stirs me, especially in light of this series called The Chosen, is the kind of people that Jesus came for. Who were the first people to see the Christ child? The shepherds. All right? Wow. The least likely got to see the most important person that has ever walked the face of the earth. And then when we see this Jesus, when he starts his public ministry, he comes into contact with a whole bunch of people. And if you ever want to have a little bit of fun, just grab one of the Gospels, look at the headings, 
and of all the different kinds of people he comes into contact with. Last week, I gave you this list of like 40 different names of people that Jesus came into contact with. And many times, they were the least likely. What a storyline. The most important person that ever walked the face of the earth interacting with the least likely. And with the Chosen series, if you saw it, right, the first two uh, episodes really kind of focus in on Mary Magdalene. We don't know a lot about her, but really she seemed to be a least likely person. And yet Jesus interacted with her. Last week we talked about Jesus interacting with children. Remember the culture back then? Kids really don't count. They don't really matter. I mean, now we believe that there's just beautiful, wonderful blessings all the time, right? I'm watching parents look at their kids that way. Um, but, you know, back then, they really didn't count. And yet Jesus said emphatically, let the little children come to me for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And then once again, he is saying, you know what, the least likely, that's who I'm here for. Now today we turn the corner and we're going to look at Peter, all right? And we're going to look at, at him. Now before we do that, I want to share with you Luke chapter 4, and it sets the tone because Luke 5 is where we're going to be going with the, um, our study today. So here's Luke 4. And when it was day, he, Jesus, departed and went into a desolate place. And the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. Once again, we get the storyline that Jesus is on the move, and he is going to go share this message of God's love with all kinds of people. And one of those people that we're going to see is the person named Peter. Now, originally known as Simon Bar-Jonah, and what that means, the word bar at least in Greek, would mean son of Jonah. So often there, there's many Simons back at the, the uh, New Testament times. But you would designate one Simon from another by saying son of somebody else, right? So that would kind of distinguish it. Um, and we see, you know, this Simon Peter, Simon, Peter. I mean, this character is most referred to of all the apostles. If you look at the count, I think the closest one is like 50%. I mean, I think Peter was referred to like a hundred and some times in the, in the New Testament. Very important person. But what do we know about him? Not that much. We, we watch the Gospels and we see that he's bold and he's brash and he says before he thinks, right, he just, he's, that's kind of who he is. Well, I'd like to give you a little background into what the Hebrew would say about Peter. And the word, if I can have that up there, yep, Am Hararetz means people of the land. Now, what would that mean and what would that distinguish? I'd like to say, that, like I used before, there's the have and the have-nots. There are the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the rich people, the people that really are, you know, they, they're up there, right? And then there's the land, or the people of the land. And according to the, the Bible dictionary, it says, these are uneducated Jews who were deemed likely to be negligent in their observance of the commandments 
due to their ignorance. And the term combines the meanings of rustic with those of boorish, uncivilized, and ignorant. And if you, uh, if you saw one of the early episodes, you saw Peter was just that. Uh, they were celebrating the Sabbath meal, and, right? He was at the table, and there were just three of them there. And you could see Peter's mind was somewhere else. He wasn't even thinking about the Sabbath. And then midstream, he gets up, and he kisses his wife, and off he goes. This is on the Sabbath. Where does he go? Anybody remember? Fishing. And you're not supposed to fish on the Sabbath. That is a known thing. So just, I, I think they captured Peter's character really well. He probably heard of the law of Moses or the Mosaic law, but he wasn't following it. He was kind of doing his own thing, whatever he thought was right. Well, we jump into the New Testament, and we see an event when Peter and John are before a council. And these, this council is the Sadducees, kind of the pastors of the day. And this is what we find in Acts chapter 4 as they're talking about Peter and John. When they observed the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and recognized that they had been with Jesus. So there's two words in there uh, for the word uneducated and untrained. The first one is agramados, which means to be illiterate, unable to write. So they were looking at this guy named Peter and he just, he didn't have it. He didn't have the education. He didn't have the, the learning, so to speak. He was in this whole different world. And then the other word, and if you, idiotis, all right? If you look at the word, you kind of see the word idiot. That's what, where we've kind of gotten that word. So they say that, yes, he was uneducated, but he was also an idiot. Unskilled, amateur, and an outsider. And we're going to find in the storyline today, and in Luke chapter 5, Jesus comes to an unskilled, uneducated idiot. There's the haves and the have-nots. Okay. Um, and I'll, I'll get to my question in a moment. All right, here's where we are. Now, the video is going to, again, embellish a little bit, tell the backstory that may not even be true, but it could be. We find that Peter is in trouble. He is behind on taxes to Rome. Rome is now breathing down his neck. He is troubled, overwhelmed, perplexed. Uh, the feeling of being powerless is slowly creeping towards him. Now, how many of you, and let me just read that list again, have ever felt troubled, overwhelmed, perplexed, or powerless? Would you raise your hand? That should be everybody. And if, it's, if, you, if you didn't raise your hand and you haven't felt this, please write a book, do a movie. <laughs> People will buy it, I, I guarantee. It just comes with being a sinner. It comes with the fact that we can relate to Peter. Peter is known as a have-not because he doesn't bring much to the table of being a disciple and a follower of Jesus. And I want you to know you and me are just like Peter. If I can say it so boldly, you and me are have-nots. Okay? Sorry. Sorry if I burst your bubble. If you came in here thinking you're whatever. 
the truth is all of us are have-nots because of sin. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In other words, all have sinned and are have-nots. And so just like Peter comes, I mean, Jesus comes to Peter and, and, and calls him and wants to use him, that same Jesus is coming to you and me in the midst of us feeling overwhelmed and perplexed and, oh, I mean, it happens. And Jesus comes and he makes a difference. Now, we're going to see in this clip that Peter, who is feeling overwhelmed, is going to take things into his own hands. And I don't know what you do when you're feeling overwhelmed. I mean, here's a list. Uh, when people are feeling that life is out of control, there's denial, excuses, overextending, defensiveness, lying, blaming, giving up, and the list goes on and on. When we come across that moment when life is just more than we can handle, so often we do what Peter did. We try to take it into our own hands instead of going to the Savior. So he hasn't met him yet, didn't even want to meet him, according to uh, the last episode. But now we get this experience where Peter is going to take things into his own hands. Let's watch this. Again, watching that, I can, I can put myself in Peter's place. Maybe, maybe you can, maybe you can't. But I, I just think of how many times do we try so, 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 so hard, trying it ourselves. Um, a little bit later, you'll see this. Um, his other fishermen do come to help him fish. 
in just a little bit. Really cool, but they still don't catch fish. And then we're going to find out what happens. Um, I think Peter is starting to realize what the Apostle Paul understood. So let me, let's have 2 Corinthians 12 up there. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should lead me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul understood that his life was dramatically changed because of the grace of God. His life was dramatically changed because he knew that the power and the grace of God is greater than his weakness. Peter's coming to terms with this. Just so you know, you're going to see it in just a moment. Have you come to terms with that too? Do you realize that no matter what affliction you might have, no matter what trouble you might have, no matter what part of your life is a little bit out of control or a lot, it pales in comparison to the grace and the power of Jesus Christ. I hope you know that. And I hope when, when I show you the scene of how Peter has changed because he realizes this Jesus, I hope you know that same Jesus. I hope you know that this Jesus does great things. Well, let's jump into the text. Uh, this is Luke chapter 5. It says, um, on one occasion while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boats. I'd like to say, say it this way. When trouble is going on, what makes the difference is when Jesus enters the scene. When he comes and is present with you, wherever you are, with you in your being perplexed or overwhelmed. When Jesus steps into it, he changes you. He may not, you know, sometimes he doesn't take all your chaos away. Sometimes it can, it's going to be around. But he comes and he brings perfect peace because he is peace. He is that Lamb of God. Now, he is going to make a ridiculous request. He's going to say, put out your nets. Now, just think about it. The best fishing is over. It's now time to go. They're cleaning up their nets. They want to put them away. They want to go on to other things, maybe try to figure out the situation another way. But Peter gives in to the request, really doubting this will work. Look at the facial expressions in the next scene on, on all the people involved. Put that down for a catch. A little farther out. I don't have a quarrel with you, teacher. But we've been doing this all night. Nothing. All right. That's your word.
captured the facial expressions well. You know, after Peter finally gave in and said, okay, we'll put the nets out. Remember when he threw the nets out? Nothing happened. What was his look towards Jesus? Like, I was right. And then what was Jesus' look? It said, just you wait. And all of a sudden, kaboom. And then you get to the final part of that, where Peter's face. He still can't believe what he is seeing. I mean, he was in doubt before, but now he's looking at this, and this is just, this is just over the top. That's what happens when Jesus enters the scene. Not just 2,000 years ago for Simon Peter, but when he enters the scene into our world. Again, here's the text. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats, so they began to sink. How many of you think that... Um, there was a miracle that took place that we find in Luke chapter whatever, okay? And while it's easier for us to look at the miraculous catch of fish as the miracle, that really isn't the miracle. It's Peter's heart that changed. Yes, a lot of fish. That's pretty awesome. I've been in a boat where we caught like 150 perch in a, like a 45-minute period. We were like doing this, just pulling them in. And I mean, that was like, that's like awesome. But the real miracle, don't miss it. Don't get caught on the fish. The real miracle is what happened to Peter. Now, here's John chapter 20. I think this just kind of lets you know what this is all about. Now, Jesus did many other signs, okay? This is one of them, right? in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Jesus wanted Peter, those disciples, those first followers, to have life. Hope, peace, joy, assurance. Even during difficult times, because it was going to get tough for them. It wasn't going to be easy. But when Jesus enters the, the scene, things change. Let's look at this last video clip. My brother and the baptizer, <laughs> you are the Lamb of God, yes? I am. Depart from me. I am a sinful man. You don't know who I am and the things I've done. Don't be afraid, Simon. I'm sorry. We, we've waited for you for so long. We believe, but my faith, I'm sorry. Lift up your head, fisherman. <laughs> what do you want from me? Anything you ask, I will do. 
follow me. as well. Yes, you, James and John, come, follow me. I'll take the fish to the market and settle up Simon's death. I'll get some help to fill both of these boats. Are you sure? Yes, go. What will you tell Ima? <laughs> We've just been called by the man we prayed for our entire lives. And you ask me, what will I say when you miss supper? <laughs> go, now. So, you sure you don't want to do this just a few more times? Well, we'll make a great team on a boat. Son, joke. <laughs> Fish are nothing. You have much bigger things ahead of you, Simon, son of Jonah. Did you understand that parable I told earlier? From now on, I will make you fishers of men. And you are to gather as many as possible, all kinds. I will sort them out later. What drove Peter to be on his knees? Jesus. Seeing Jesus. Experiencing his love, his grace, his power, his might. The response is, I mean, this bold, brazen, prideful Peter down to his knees. And I'm not sure if you have ever had a moment like that where you have been brought to your knees physically and or spiritually. Where you go down to your knees and say, Lord, all of this stuff I'm dealing with is bigger than me. I am, I am so overwhelmed. I, I need something. I need you. I need you. And then things happen. And we're going we're gonna to watch some more. Come back because it's like a saga. Next week we're going to. Uh, but we're going to be looking at this Jesus who's changing lives. And I hope every week when you see a changed life up here, you reflect it back on yourself because that's really the goal of this. Is Jesus wants to enter into your world. He wants to change you. He wants to call you. He wants to use you all for his glory. Amen? All right, stand. Let me share with you the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Before we sing our last song, Carrie sent me a text while we were backstage, and she said, if you're missing your Ford key fob, please see her after the service, because she has somebody turned one in. So she's back there in the booth right now. Point of
serve the Lord. Up and down. 